0: You want to get into it? Yeah, let's do it. So, speaking of, uh, I don't, I don't know. Is there a segue? I don't know. Uh, we're talking about Pinkertons.
1: Yes. Uh, yes. Oh, we have, we haven't even introduced the podcast.
0: Welcome to Space Is Fake the podcast.
1: Transmission incoming from outside this world.
0: This is uh, Kenny. I'm Kenny. Hi, my name is Alex. I'm a new guest on the show. An alien threat. Houston, we've got a problem. What space is fake? Say again. There's nothing out here. What space is fake? Say again. There's nothing out here. What space is fake? Say again. Houston. Houston space is fake that's the name of the podcast say again
1: um, yeah and so we are covering the pinkertons so do we want to just start with mr pinkerton himself or should we just cover like what the pinkertons are
0: yeah so in my research i kind of uh started looking at um the history of Alan Pickerington and his family. Yeah, because you know to understand how one builds in the beginning the first detective agency, then at one point grows it to be bigger than the army. You know, and then fast forward to today, they're they're part of Securitas AB, yeah. uh, a Swedish security company but but with that merger the world's biggest and now truly a never sleeping company uh, so yeah maybe let's do uh, let's talk about Alan um, I have a nice little intro I wrote oh cool go for it born on August 25th in the year of his Lord 1819 to a mother Isabel McQueen a bearer of four children and father, William Pinkerton, a policeman. Alan Pinkerton hails from the faraway islands of Scotlandia, a small peninsula situated at the helm of the head of Big Britain. He grew up in the district of Goreballs and like the name suggests, life there is full of gore and take some balls. Uh, (laughs) So, uh, there is a notable death on August 25th, 1819. Okay. Uh, it's the death of James Watt, an engineer and inventor whose improvements to the steam engine were fundamental in bringing about the Industrial Revolution. And then in turn, uh, you know, one could say it led to all the things that had to take place in order for Alan to... Find employment? Yeah. When his dad got shot, and then eventually find his way across the sea and escape the Gorbali life of uh, the district.
1: I didn't even know his dad got shot.
0: <laughs> yeah, so his dad was forced to retire uh, after being injured on duty. Um, what, what was he on duty as? Well, he was a policeman. Oh, okay. There's not – so the problem with with going back this far, uh, you know, there's not a whole lot. There's a lot of heresy, um, you know, a lot of he said, she says. And with the world of the internet today, a lot of that information gets cut and pasted, you know, maybe with a little bit better SEO. Yeah. Um, so it's hard to find. Uh, like I try to find – information on his mom and like you know how how far connected was the uh isabel mcqueen family the only thing of note was anything in reference to alan and subsequently his dad Uh, so you know the only thing that i could find on the first page of google that was interesting about the mom is that she was the unconfirmed second wife wow. of his dad, uh, as in there's no confirmation that they got married. But the first wife's uh, name was also Isabel, and then uh, the only confirmation that they have about Alan being born is um, this Dude birth had an certificate. Isabel fetish. Uh this birth certificate in a little church with some signatures. Did you did you look at Goreballs? Not not in
1: very much detail
0: no. dude. So I, I think living in the balls, name but well it, it, it speaks to I think the drive at the very least and uh, the ambition that Alan must have had to get out. Um
1: didn't he get out for political reasons? Yeah, because he was a Chartist.
0: Yeah. So, and and for the uninitiated, what is a Chartist?
1: So, I mean, I think that you could equate it to like a, a like today, like a democratic socialist. I mean, basically, they just wanted uh, workers' you, rights. right? Yeah, they wanted r- workers' rights and a representative democracy.
0: Yeah, and and in Goreballs, that was really important because. It it was a very small district in Glasgow that was 32 square miles. Uh, uh, The population as of 2015 was 6,000. But at the height, they had about, oh, 90,000 residents, Um, basically a huge density and a lot of poverty. And so when the Industrial Revolution kind of took place and, and, you know, with it, A lot of the uh, improvements to uh, how work was done that took place Um, yeah there was a lot of work that uh, the people could find there and so they kind of flocked to it and they were basically like in cramped quarters Um, what I like the most about it uh, from those times there's some great imagery of kids playing hopscotch in a cemetery where they're just like hopping over tombstones oh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna show you some of these photos and uh, we'll, we'll throw up some links on wherever we throw up some Dude, links podcast notes yeah because um, it's pretty great in like the worst possible way yeah so here's some photos. And someone put together a video of all these photos uh-huh. on YouTube, which we'll drop a link. It's like literally two minutes of the most depressive imagery that you could ever see. So it's basically like three dudes smoking, just having a time. There's a number three right next to the three dudes, <laughs> which, you know, I thought case you person. don't know how many dudes there are, Yeah, it's three. You know, it's like, Two ladies talking on a Sunday walk, but it's like walking through mud. Kind of looks like there's a number two on the wall, too. So. Yeah. It's just
1: like, this is two ladies. And then. If any more than two ladies stands here, they're executed
0: on site. Dude, here. All right. So, yeah, here we go. Um, sobering images revealing daily life in the cities densely populated Gore district where 40,000 Scots existed in some of the worst conditions of post-war Europe. Um, although this, this could have been um, well after uh, Pinkerton, but it was no better back then. Uh, this, this is a good one. It's like, you know, malnourished malnourished mother and child just like looks of despair on their faces yeah uh oh yeah this one too cat lady you always got to have a cat lady oh yeah um yeah like children just playing on like the you know what's probably kitchen bedroom bathroom and dining room countertops
1: Yeah, I mean, so, like, I, from what I saw, too, was
0: not... Oh, yeah, here's the hopscotch image. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, that's dark. Yeah, <laughs> straight up just, like, playing hopscotch in the cemetery because, you know, what else do you have for space? Um, what, what I also want to point out, historically, uh, Gore Balls was originally built around a bridge, and then they sent lepers there. Okay. Uh... And basically, you know, the nobility of the time would go and, like, make a pilgrimage to the area to, like, bless the dying. Oh, God. So how, to speak, something of to that effect. And, uh, yeah. So, all in all, not a pleasant place to live. No. At least back then and, and as far back as uh, Mr. Pinkerton lived. He, he, was, uh, he was a barrel maker at the Macaulay Cooperage works, and then yeah, he uh, he became active, like you were saying, in the Chartist movement, which I think is the most interesting in his entire history, considering what he then subsequently did.
1: Yeah, well, there's a couple uh, other things too that that I think that was kind of interesting too. After he moved to the US, that like he still, for a couple years after he moved to the US, he wasn't like a I mean, even after, like, right after he started the whole Pinkerton detect- detective agency, they didn't do terrible things. Like, their participation in the Civil War, I'm not going to give them a shitload of credit for that. But, like, yeah. you know, they were on the right side of history. I mean, I feel like they probably would have, I mean, I don't know. I don't want to, I don't really want to say they would have gone to whoever was the highest bidder, because it seemed like he did have some principles back then. But let's get into that. So, like, he became a chartist. And then from what I read, the implication of it, it, they they didn't say this explicitly. So the implication was was that he kind of like had to leave Scotland out of fear of political violence. Yeah. Um, And so he and his family got out and moved to the U.S. uh, in 1843. And they were in a suburb of Chicago.
0: Right. Yeah, they lived in the suburb of Chicago, and I read somewhere that uh, I think he had a cabin. The the paperwork mm-hmm. put him at uh, like ten years younger than what he actually was. Oh, really? And I, I can't find that reference again. I'm, I'm not for it, but it. Um, but yeah, like you think about back in the day when people would just be coming across the pond, you know what what sort of paperwork do you really have about yourself? And so many people would get their names like rewritten on the entry paperwork. So it's like, you know, I imagine there's a dude sitting there and he's just name, age, you know, birthplace. Right. Basically, you can recreate yourself. Yeah. And then if you even, you know, let's say you're 25, but you come in and you say you're 18, like you're still technically giving yourself in terms of, you know, marketplace like competitiveness you're giving yourself all those extra years because yeah totally uh for someone like him that that worked as a barrel maker you know active politically you know he's gained some experience and knows i mean anyone that had enough balls to go on a boat and go on a voyage across the pond to basically come to effectively what's wilderness yeah yeah you got some wits about you Right. You can find
1: your way. And he, uh, he he continued to work as a barrel maker um, in the U.S. And uh, I thought it was kind of interesting. He also worked with abolitionist leaders in the U.S. Um, and yeah. his cabin was a stop in the Underground Railroad, which is, again, interesting considering some of his later actions.
0: We'll never know, right? It's been so long to do this, dead, But like how you go to then do basically completely opposite to take completely opposite action that seems to be completely dri- you know going against all the principles that you were built on yeah and i don't know but it's it's definitely you know credit to his his younger self and all those those good things but in 1850s came around and everything changed
1: yeah um and or, I mean, he was, he was basically the, the Pinkertons were hired on by the Spanish government at some point to suppress a revolution that the goal of the revolution was fucking oh, representative democracy that. and an end to slavery. Yeah. Um, okay, he's still making barrels, right? Um, he's helping with the Underground Railroad, he's making barrels.
0: Well, it all kind of happens around the same time, and it is with the help of his uh, brother Robert. Uh, so Robert essentially had Pinkerton and Co. Uh, presumed 1843, and it was essentially a railroad contractor. They eventually began working as detectives. Well, did you
1: did you catch the origin story of how he initially got from barrel making to
0: law enforcement? Oh, to detective. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. it's it's the whole uh counterfeiting gang that he found on an island. Narc. Yeah, he's he
1: narked out some counterfeiters and they're like, Whoa my god, that's the best police work I
0: ever done seen. Well, you know You now the he, king of the cops. <laughs> in, in in his defense, back then people didn't care, right? Like Well the cops cared enough to hire him. Sure, but they didn't care enough to actually go looking. Oh yeah. And the only reason he
1: <laughs> Which is just so funny that like this fucking idiot invented the idea of go look for
0: yeah like clues <laughs> yeah <laughs> hey gang let's go look for clues I mean
1: when you think about it but though, he didn't even look for clues it's not like he was tracking no, no. these people down he just like was looking for barrel materials and then he was like oh well, shit he, he essentially
0: counters. so this is why I say he's just a, a driven ambitious individual you know, does he have like some brains or smarts? I mean, maybe like he read books, Yeah. which again, back then, you know, I'm sure most people were worried about where their next meal was going to come from. So like the competition wasn't that, you know, that great. Um, and, and the progression kind of makes sense, right? So he's looking to undercut everyone else in the market and to edge out an even bigger margin because right, he's pretty well established with all the work and experience he gained in Scotland. Now he needs to make other parts okay I, I know the people that I'm paying to get this done. I'm just gonna undercut him and do it myself. Right. I go out I found an, I find an abandoned plot of land or what seems to be abandoned and I'm just gonna cut this like all that shit is well I don't know if it was illegal back then. But a sure shit would be illegal today. Yeah. Um, But, you know, you go out and then you see, what, maybe a campfire or you see, like, other trees were cut down or, you know, bushes were were beaten in or, or broken in from people walking around. Or, you know, something. Something that indicates, oh, there's other people living here. And you hear in, you know, the news, whatever the news cycle was back then. Yeah. Oh, there's some counterfeiters in the area well shit if i was a counterfeiter you know maybe i'd be in this fucking
1: but is that what he did is that is that proven because the story that i read was just that basically he just the idea i got is that he
0: just chanced upon them
1: yeah he was just out in the woods yeah i'm doing doing his thing romanticizing
0: this a little more yeah
1: um but yeah, he chanced upon a bunch of dudes. And i I guess the thing that I find hey. funny about that is the cops that were just like, Holy shit, dude. Well I you're you're one of us now. You're a cop. It's like it's like out of a fucking like Nickelodeon movie. Oh yeah. It's yeah. like when they give the kid a badge and they're like,
0: yeah, You're a deputy. You're a child, boy. Geez. You're gonna do us proud. Yeah. Um but you know, it kind of like when you think about how long ago this was and how little information there is. Yeah, I'd say it's more understandable. You know, I understand that it would like the the founding of their company, for instance, there's like two different dates, right? Like some people just loop it in as 1850. Some people make the separation and say, well, 1850 was when the
1: Northwestern Police Agency. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: The NWPA. Uh, PA. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the NWAP
1: (laughs) and it's more like (laughs) nwapa.
0: yeah you know versus the Pinkerton Detective Agency and the PDA and you know all that Yeah. Um, Um, you know my my favorite source is on the Pinkerton website where they have their own little like history timeline mm -hmm. and like you know that's professionally written mm -hmm. like the most telling factor in all of this is that There's virtually no news articles on the Pinkerton Detective Agency between 1850 and 1855. Yeah. And, like, when I I did a general all-year search, the first shit that started coming up was, like, around 1907. So that's a whole 50 years Mm -hmm. of tomfoolery that...
1: Well, we know some of the shit they got up to in um, 18...
0: 60 yeah 60 and 61 62 because it's during the civil- by uh yeah the other parties that took part in the civil war
1: yeah um so we should probably get into that so like since we don't really know what they were doing between when they were founded in 1850 and basically 1861 <laughs> i think I mean, or 1859 maybe.
0: yeah there, there are some references to being guards on stage coaches like your run-of-the-mill oh, you have a gun and you're not afraid to use it and you've got a menacing, oh, and, but you also have an organizational structure, like, you're not just muscling me. Right. You know, oh, this is not a racketeering. Scan. Yeah. Sure, like, we need some guards. We're transferring shit. Um,
1: and so, like, to an extent, they were doing stuff that wasn't, you know, wasn't terrible. Like, I can't really fault them for, uh, like, the uh, the work they did during the Civil War. They, um, they basically headed the the union intelligence service which is like kind of like the cia
0: it was a precursor to the precursor of the cia because i mean yeah. there was what the oss or yeah was that yeah was that
1: here yeah. i think that yeah i think it was called the oss that that became the cia yeah. and the what, or the, the secret Church. service before like they split right um and they uh, they did like counterintelligence uh, where they would go undercover with the Confederates and uh, sow discord and um, and you know steal information and give it back to the Union. Um, so that's pretty cool. And they they stopped an assassination attempt on on Abe Lincoln, which is pretty cool.
0: Yeah, and that's what got him the government contract. Had them the head um, of, of the intelligence. You know, and it's cool, you know, to their progressive credit, they um, were the first ones to hire a female private detective.
1: Okay. Um, Lady fascists.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you know, not to discredit that, but for full context, you have to understand, like, when you're the first detective agency, the first, it only stands to reason that eventually you would also have the first piece. If you didn't, then it's just, yeah, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then also, like, I don't, because cause some of the places where I'm reading this look too much into it. And it's like, from a common sense standpoint, like, if you're infiltrating the enemy and you're gathering information, sharing information, pillow talk is some of the best means to just get your roots in. Yeah. Right? Like, it makes sense. It makes sense. I'm I'm honestly surprised they didn't, from the get-go, get a female, you know, get a female agent. Yeah. That it even took them uh, as many years as it did. Like, I'm surprised that they didn't immediately go that route.
1: Right. Um, And it seemed like after the war is when it kind of became clear Sort of what the Pinkerton Detective Agency was going to be about, um, mostly, and uh, essentially they just became hired guns for rich people against unions for the most part. Yeah. Um, and so, at at one point, this is one that I think is really notable because it just is so counter to uh, to Pinkerton's up well, until I, then his life philosophy.
0: I, I think. I think what happened is they grew too big for the country. Um, Like at one point they were bigger than the American army. Yeah. And so people got scared. Um, They had a lot of resources having been at the forefront of a lot of this. Like they had a criminal database. um, You know, and, and so I imagine like, yeah, people got scared and they were like, okay, maybe we need, you know, a separation here you know we can't necessarily have a private military have so much power when it comes to the affairs of the united states yeah right like we we i think was it the episode before this one we did the one on uh crack city yeah i think that was the the last one we did you know and when you when you look at like yeah, the, the, the whole history of, of cocaine and, and, and crack and, and the countries involved, a lot of the corrupt officials had the power because they had their own private militias that they could fund. Yeah. Right? And so, you know, it's not outside the realm of possibility for someone in the government to think like, you know, this guy could overthrow our whole operation.
1: Sure. And so they had to switch to being private. But, I mean, they were kind of, they were sort of private to begin with.
0: Oh, oh, no. Um, I'm saying the government had to cut them off. Right. And so then because they had all these agents, this, this people power that they had to pay, like, you know, I'm sure the benefits weren't as great as they are today. I mean, it's not like, yeah, I mean... I don't, but, think it, I don't think Pinkerton
1: gave a shit at that point about oh I'm, I'm sure
0: I'm just trying to say is they have to find a way to keep the money coming in yeah and so what better way I mean you just call up your buddies at Wells Fargo and it's like hey remember when you used to run your uh, stagecoach security yeah you you need some help with them with them boys over there that are trying to on uh, not sell their land to you for the oil things that you're trying to buy right uh speaking of strike busters what is it called
1: union busting
0: strike breaking uh, strike breakers yeah speaking of that damnation on netflix damn it's a good show okay i'll check that out um it, it's season one's been out i think for for a while now and uh yeah Pinkertons are in it yeah so are some uh, other interesting uh family last names that's cool there's also uh, we're um, going to get into
1: some interesting family last names uh, on some of the uh, when we talk about the next thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. <clears throat> um, so the, the, the event that I thought was kind of uh, interesting and just kind of emblematic of uh, sort of Pinkerton, the man's shift in ideology mm-hmm. is they were after the war, they were hired by the Spanish government to violently suppress a revolution in Cuba And that revolution's intent was to end slavery and initiate a representative democracy, which is the exact same things that he fought for when he was younger. Um, Okay. He is kind of abandoned now that he's a rich guy. Um, and then, uh, and that was that was in um 1874, I believe. Um, and he he died. Ten years later in eighteen eighty four, like a fucking cuck. Do do, do, do uh, you do? He know. was forty two. <laughs> do you know how he died? Um, I there was it's there's actually some conflicting reports. So I heard that he fell and bit off his tongue and got gangrene. Okay. One of them. <laughs> so so that's Then I heard he just died of a stroke like he had a stroke and then he died like six months later because of complications of that. And then I heard some other no no, like no 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 no. So so
0: the, the, the tongue biting I didn't read that, but he did die of gangrene as corroborated by wikipedia of course our main source for all <laughs> things everything campfire kumbaya uh he did die of gangrene but it was because he got uh bit by a poodle <laughs> <laughs> good shit man dude i know uh i got this from uh some dude that um is heavy heavily dude this guy is heavily dick riding alan pickerton nuts that's and, weird. That's a weird hill to die on. Dude, his name is Dick Eastman. <laughs> um, and he writes about the history of Alan Pinkerton. Uh-huh. And holy... F- yeah, it's the unusual cause of death of Alan Pinkerton. And, you know, I thought it was going to be a, an objective look when I when I well, it's this, this article. Well,
1: it. it is not even... I couldn't find any, like, actual... Anyone able to actually pin down how he died.
0: Well... On Wikipedia, it says it was gangrene. I, I, I
1: saw on Wikipedia it said it said three or four different things.
0: Oh, they, I mean, yeah, I guess I didn't even really read it. <laughs> just look at the looked at the headline. Well, I mean, like, um, it,
1: yeah, there was like two of them did have to do with gangrene, and the other one was just like complications from a stroke that he had had a few months prior. So, I think it's safe to say it's most likely gangrene because there's multiple reports of it being gangrene. We also, I mean, we don't know how he got it. It would be funny either way, though, if he got bit by a poodle or if he bit his fucking tongue.
0: Yeah, either way, I mean, it's poetically, it's poetic justice in in, uh, some good fashion. Yeah. Um, Uh,
1: It's a great way to go. So I've got a ton of information on the Homestead strike. Do you want to get into that? It's going to take a while. What year did that happen? 1892.
0: That was in 1892? Eight years after his death. Oh, nice. Yeah. I mean, it's just to the point of what you were saying, the, the lead up to all of that is they, they kind of, once they got into privateering, they literally became pirates of the railroads and, you know, the prairies. and Yeah. Let, let's just get into the homestead. I mean, everything else, you know, just to circle back and, and it, you know, there's a point at which we start being a dead horse with how fucked up these people were. Yeah. Um, like in, in 1873, so the year before what you were just talking about. Before the, per- the Cuban Revolution. Yeah, the president of the Philadelphia and Reading Railroad met with Allen because he had investments in the coal mines in Schuylkill County. Uh, and he basically was, was afraid that the trade union activities of John Sinney and the Working Man's Benevolent Association would lead to lower profits for the prr (laughs) basically pinkerton allen uh technically allen the second the first allen was stillborn also really want to throw that in there because that's part of my research okay i'd like dude i was really adamant about trying to find anything notable on the mom yeah and it it just nothing nothing they literally they just have nothing if it's not in reference to her giving birth or being a wife, yeah, and uh, that's like we could do better, but um, but yeah, and then essentially, yeah, he, this guy, he sent James McParland uh, infiltrated the the Union, investigated them, found out that the uh, members of this association were a part of uh, the Molly Maguires having 3,000 members. uh, It was a secret society. So basically after uh, two years of getting as much information and dirt on uh, the members of this secret society, they had enough to prosecute and James was a star witness. Uh, 20 members were found guilty of murder and were executed. Uh, one of whom was John Cahoe, Uh And he was one of the leaders of the Molly Maguires. So uh, I'm saying all that to say that we should do an episode on Molly Maguires. Oh, yeah. There's a whole fucking bunch. Um, And, yeah, so that's just, you know, one notable story of, of many of where once a working man, Alan Pinkerton, saw the money, fell in love with the gold. He's a class and, traitor. And turned his back on his fellow people. And yeah, the, right. the, that strike, I mean, that's some of the most wretched shit. So why don't you tell us
1: about it? The Homestead strike? I mean, a lot of it is, is I mean, you know, people died and stuff. But I mm. we're looking at it on a grand scheme of things. It's kind of like, kind of a funny situation. I mean, not. I don't want to, I mean, all right, let's just get into it. It's not funny. Yeah but there's aspects of it that are pretty funny. Um, Okay, so the Homestead strike of uh, 1892 started on July 1st, um, and it began with a lockout. So basically, just to give you some background, the union wanted better working conditions, and they were fighting Mm -hmm. against a wage decrease. So this particular union had a uh, history of having a lot of strength and community support. Um, A few years before um, this 1892 strike, um, the strikers and townsfolk had chased off a, tra- a trainload of union busters, which is pretty awesome. Um, so one of the financiers of this um, of this uh, like plant was Andrew Carnegie, mm-hmm. who, by the way, he like in public advocated for like in favor of unions. He was like all, you know, Carnegie. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, but you'll see that he didn't feel the same way when it came to his own of course not
0: yeah um like unions are cool as long as they stay across the pond exactly um
1: so basically the uh rich boy douchebag andrew carnegie worked with um uh henry clay frick who's a fascist fucking decadent as far as i could uh see Mm -hmm. um uh, and they worked together to bust the union. Um, so the union entered negotiations with Frick in February of 1892, and they asked for uh, a wage increase as the industry was uh, was doing really well and steel was selling at higher prices than it had historically. Um, Frick's counteroffer to a slight wage bump and uh, and better working conditions was no better working conditions and a 22% wage cut for half of the union membership, as well as the elimination of several other positions so negotiations fell apart pretty quickly and frick uh and by extension carnegie uh, officially announced that it wouldn't recognize the union anymore so they constructed walls around the plant lined with barbed wire and peppered with sniper towers to keep the union members out uh the towers Whoa. were equipped with high-powered water cannons that were designed to shoot boiling water Ugh um, so, I, I, in my notes, I said this might be a good time to bring up the fact that Carnegie spoke very sweetly of unions in public, but he was willing to fucking blast his employees with boiling water because they wanted to be paid the same as they were already being paid. Yeah. Because <laughs> they asked for a slight wage increase, and when they came back with that 22%, they were like, okay, how about just just improve working conditions yeah, yeah. and don't decrease our wages? Um. And, and they'd, he's
0: like, well, uh, free showers? Spa day? Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, so, technically, this lockout was a violation of the company's contract with the union. Because the contract wasn't set to expire until the following day.
0: Uh, Got a on a technicality,
1: uh, bitches. So, they decided...
0: Technical! To,
1: yeah. So, the union uh, and the strikers decided um, to make goddamn sure that the plant stayed closed. So, they partnered up with that like the whole town basically uh-huh. was on their side because almost everyone knew someone that worked for this company. Sure. I mean that's um, pretty standard. And so they set up shifts ensuring in, that there was picketers completely surrounding the facility 24/7 so they could not let anybody any trucks any anybody come in and work as a scab anything like that. 24/7 there's people uh, picketing outside. Uh they Good. also had um Uh, little groups of people patrolling the rivers surrounding the plant to make sure that nothing can be dropped off or picked up via barge. Um, They also set up men along military lines surrounding it. Um, There there was people going around town questioning any strangers about what they were doing around these parts. (laughs) (laughs) And if they smelled anything fishy, uh, they escorted the strangers outside of city limits. Under suspicion that they were potentially a scab or an infiltrator. Dude, that fucking badass. Yeah. Um, The union did want reporters to cover the strike. Um, So members of the press were given special badges, which allowed them to remain in Dodge. Um, And uh, the badges were also revoked pretty often at the slightest, like, invocation. So basically, if they thought you were, like, a bootlicker at all, or you were going to report in favor of the company... Um, they would take that shit away real quick and escort you outside of town so at this point frick is getting desperate for workers and so he's putting out ads in fucking europe asking for asking for people to come work for him but the and people do try to come work for him but the union keeps fucking scaring off any scabs or it's like straight up being like yeah you don't if you want to walk into that place, you're going to have to walk through a scrum of people that are going to beat the Christ out of you every yeah. day on the way to clock in. I don't think this money-paying job is worth it. Um, And so, uh, dejected, impotent, and flaccid, Frick resorted to asking the mighty police force of Eleven Strong to go demand that the strikers allow the scabs access to the plant. Uh, so the cops... Brought all eleven of their fat asses into town, armed with mm. uh, armed with handbills uh, demanding their uh, disassembly, and with
0: some billy clubs.
1: No, no handbills, meaning like the, like just posters that put they put up oh. on the <laughs> wall. Under penalty of law, you must disassemble. At this point, there's like five thousand people that are a part of this uh, of this strike. And um, so the the cops come in and I'm guessing they probably had some some uh, billy clubs, too. Uh, And they 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 verbally and via handbills commanded these people to disassemble. And instead, the strikers just rounded up all the cops, all 11 of them. And literally put them on a boat and just sent them down river. <laughs> and, then they, and then they tore down all the handbills.
0: Smell you later.
1: Right. So Frick uh, then he goes to the Pinkertons. And the Pinkertons devised a plan with Frick to get 300 agents inside of the plant via river. Fuck. Because it's up against a river. But uh, keep in mind, the union is patrolling the rivers, And the union also caught wind of this plan and they caught uh they caught the uh the there was two barges and a tugboat um that that was pulling the barges um full of 300 Pinkertons they basically came up on like these homemade flotillas the union guys Mm -hmm. with their rifles and just started firing indiscriminately (laughs) at the Pinkertons not trying to hurt anyone just trying to be like don't fuck with us get out yeah yeah, and they they didn't they didn't hurt anybody and they also didn't scare them away. Um so but they did kind of fend them off for a little bit, so there was like a bit of an impasse where they they couldn't go. But eventually at 4 a.m., the Pinkertons tried to land at the dock that was outside of the plant. Mm-hmm. Um and there's like a little hill that that goes up into the plant that they had to run up. And so it was like fucking storming the beaches of Normandy, except they were getting their asses fucking handed to them. Dude, I imagine 5,000 um, to how many Pinkertons? 300. 300 Pinkertons, 5,000 strikers. But you have to keep in mind a lot of those strikers are women and children. They're like the wife and kids of
0: the Oh, yeah, because yeah, everyone is striking because no one right, – right. is, is Yeah, um, I see what
1: you mean. So uh, when they're trying to go up, uh, there's the Pinkertons insist that they didn't fire first. But mm-hmm. the failing New, New York Times said that they did absolutely fire first and that the uh, um, that the strikers just fired back in response. And I would believe that over the word of the fucking Pinkertons. Themselves. Oh, 100%, dude. Um, so the Pinkertons fired on the strikers and the strikers fired the fuck back and the strikers also had high ground. Um, so all told in that exchange, four people died and 23 were injured. Shit. Uh, two it was basically split half and half, two people, um, strikers died Two Pinkertons died. And then it was something like 11 strikers and 12 Pinkertons were injured. Um, so the Pinkertons are, I mean, like they're intimidated. And so they get back into the tug and the tug just fucking disconnects from the barges <laughs> and bails. Fuck. There's like, not that many people on the tug, and a ton of Pinkertons stuck now in the middle of the river in these two fucking barges that can't move. Wow, like, fuck! Surrounded by five thousand angry people that are now screaming. Uh, there's there's women, it mostly is like wives of dudes that work there, were crowding around on the other side of the river, screaming, "Kill the Pinkertons! Kill the Pinkertons!" <laughs> um, meanwhile. Uh, all the dudes, who, all the people that were involved in that little attack um, are now just firing bullets at the barges to try and get them to sink. And they're doing just that's, that's whatever not, um... they can to destroy these these, these uh, barges full of Pinkertons. Um, so again, at 8 a.m., the tugboat... Oh, wait. Uh, no, no. So again, at 8 a.m., uh, yeah, I think this was the tugboat. Tries to disembark at a different point that's that's near the, the plant, but not in the same spot to try to okay. like get around them. Mm-hmm. Um, but they they get caught by the union guys uh, who fire on them again, and um, and then the Pinkertons return fire, killing three strikers. Shit! Uh, the strikers fired back with a fucking vengeance, and uh, more senior members of the Pinkertons were just struggling to get the more junior guys. To not just jump off the boat and swim to safety and abandoned ship, basically. And there was tons of them doing that. Just leaving it oh, of course. Off, of, off of the tug. Meanwhile, there's still a barge full of most of them. Like 200 of them were probably, at least, during the barges. I'm curious how much they got paid for this work. Not much. <laughs> uh, they certainly weren't unionized. The Pinkertons? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, Which is surprising considering
0: uh, the history of their founder.
1: Yeah, um, so some of the remaining Pinkertons from the tug that were left tried to recover the, the barge, but around 300 riflemen had assembled on either side of the river and were just firing, just shooting at the barge just to try and get it to sink. <laughs> or there, I keep saying the barge, there was two barges. Yeah. Um, and they were shooting at also any Pinkerton that, that tried to approach it and, you know, get it out. Of course. Um, uh, one Pinkerton... Got a little too big for his britches. and he uh, he was trying to uh, move the barge, and he got fucking no scoped. Ooh! Uh, actually, he probably it was probably scoped. He got shot in the head by a sniper. <laughs> um, and so what ensued next was like a, I mean, the best I can describe it is like a Three Stooges thing, except it's five thousand people, <laughs> five thousand stooges, and then another three hundred stooges inside of a barge. And <laughs> the five thousand, the strikers are trying now all these different tactics to try and get this barge to burn down because it's in the middle of the river right now. It's not really Still, like anywhere. haven't
0: figured out how to. They've shot this it barge.
1: a bunch. Yeah, I mean, they've shot. They've put probably thousands of rounds into it, but it's not sinking. Um, And so they start making these flotillas and covering them in oil and garbage and just lighting them on fire and then pushing them out towards it. And that doesn't work. It just kind of like singes the side and stuff. Meanwhile, there's like a bunch of like panicking fucking Pinkertons inside that are again trying to abandon ship. And at this point, there's um, like the commanders are literally at gunpoint making sure that the, the under people aren't leaving oh aren't right, just, right 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 so aren't so like, basically yeah
0: um because yeah.
1: there's like flaming shit now coming towards them they're like we're gonna just burn to death in
0: this fucking thing let's get out yeah yeah um, i mean it's like fuck this i'm not getting paid enough but
1: it doesn't burn down and then and then they're like throwing dynamite at it and they blew it they blew, they blew a, a pretty sizable hole in one of them but not it wasn't at a point where it was like underwater like it wasn't going to sink anything it was still just sitting there on the river um, so, meanwhile... I wonder
0: what the cops were doing there in this whole...
1: All 11 cops just got put onto a... a, a fucking <laughs> oh, boat right, right, and sent yeah. <laughs> um, and so, meanwhile, the the president of the international body that backs the union... Okay. Uh, a guy named William Wahey, uh requested to meet with Frick to negotiate uh, in order to stop this madness. Um, and Frick Smart. refused... Um, so way he then started, he, I think he, he worked with some of like the local law enforcement and, um, and then eventually went to the strike to try and talk to them. Um, okay. so, so well, he, so, so he kind went, of
0: a reasonable individual.
1: Yeah. Um, so he went to the plant and pleaded with the strikers to allow the Pinkertons that were stuck in the barges to just, <laughs> The Pinkertons at this point have raised a white flag and are genuinely just like, stop, please, we're done. Oh man, dude. Meanwhile, while this guy is literally like, you guys, look at them, like, just let them, let them surrender. They want to surrender. Meanwhile, the town has raided their, literally raided their Fourth of July fireworks stash and are shooting fireworks. Oh (laughs) shit! They're shooting fireworks at the barges. And so eventually, they came to their senses and they allowed the Pinkertons to surrender. And it's at this point that the Union guys they really take out a lot of the rage that was probably directed at Frick and uh, and what's his pants Richie Boy, mm-hmm. um, and they take it out on the Pinkertons. Man, I mean, and it's fair because the Pinkertons have at this point murdered like like nine or ten.
0: well they've killed yeah they've killed people and they've injured
1: like you know tens uh, you know like up to probably 50 there was a lot of people that were injured a lot of them pinkertons but a lot of them also strike
0: uh you know like it didn't need to happen honestly
1: like um so they eventually are allowed passage under the shore um so they surrender at the bank and at the bank of the shore Mm -hmm. um, and surrender all their weapons. uh, And then they're walked through a scrum of angry strikers and led Mm -hmm. all the way through town to the opera house. And on the way people are spitting on them. They're throwing rocks at them. Cabbages. There's like people just straight up beating the shit out of them on the way. There was uh, several Pinkertons were knocked unconscious um and then just ended up getting dragged to the uh to the opera house which they used as a makeshift prison um wow yeah so and then finally after the pinkertons uh finally like were out of the barges uh they at long last uh the strikers burned down the barges shit <laughs> um so the the Pinkertons are then stuck in the opera house, and the beatings continued. Um, was there ever a trial? Uh, there was supposed to be, and well, so the strikers wanted there to be one, and they wanted every single Pinkerton to be charged with murder, which is, I think, a little unreasonable. Yeah, that's kind of a stretch. I feel like the Pinkertons, they came in trying to swing Dick, and they immediately got what was coming to them. Yeah, And I would include the beatings and stuff Like yeah I mean like You you came in you tried to be all like We're gonna bust this union And the union busted your ass dude um, And I think they deserved that But I don't I don't think that they should all be charged with murder Because if you're gonna charge all of them with murder Then I mean the, the strikers Yeah everyone charged, should get yeah, the, the strikers murdered people too It was it, you know It sounds like it was started by the Pinkertons According to all the press at the time but anyway sure um so two days later the feds finally intervene and uh whisk away the uh, the sad defeated pinkertons on uh poor pinky on a special widow twain <laughs> um all told the strikers captured 324 fucking pinkertons and imprisoned them Bad dude, ass. I mean, that's, that's actually that's basically all I've got. But I, mean, I just thought that was fucking amazing, dude.
0: That's that's what you get, right? That that speaks to people power. Yeah, and that's like kind of symbolically the power of the people coming together. Like, it, it's that's been, I would say, probably like the number one problem for all working people of any place mm-hmm. There's representation fair treatment equal treatment um and it, it seems to be a story that just kind of repeats itself
1: yeah when when a huge group of people works together for a common cause like especially with the people that are in their community like it they can actually make shit happen like i, I mean i we should do an episode on the french revolution but As dark and fucked up as the French Revolution was, it was the catalyst for every democracy that we see today. Everything else, yeah. If that didn't happen, we would. There would still be like we'd. There'd still be a lot of monarchies out there. There'd still be a lot of dictatorships out there. There wouldn't be a flood of of democracy throughout Europe. Exactly, and And the world. Yeah, and and I mean, and if you think about it on its face, like it was. It's pretty fucking insane that. All the all the underclass people were able to fucking rise up and straight up just like murk all the people with all the power exactly um, and and to an extent like that 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 kind of thing happens like all the time, dude. So there's a, there's an article, but the USSR is a good example of that to an extent. To an extent, in, in, although in terms it was of the a little space little different, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah. I, I, I that is a total sidebar. Somebody said yeah. this to me uh, online. I think it was on Reddit at some point. Someone, like, was trying to say, uh, they were just talking about, like, Elon Musk. They were sucking his. Mm-hmm. And then they were talking about, like, I said something about capitalism, and they're like, oh, well, we wouldn't have even gotten to space if it wasn't for capitalism. It's like, bro, communism beat capitalism to space. You fucking rude. Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> Yeah that was uh, that was a different kind of a competition but yeah on the subject of uh, busting unions uh, I found this article uh in in newrepublic.com the new republic magazine not really sure what the what they're about you know not an endorsement for them or sarah jones who wrote this uh, article on march 23rd 2018 Obviously, she's not a Skull and Molds member. One day off, but I'll, I'll allow it. Uh, yeah. So basically, it's an article. How uh, it's an article describing what the uh, agency that never sleeps has been up to and how they truly uh, never sleep.
1: I'm I'm just looking through the
0: front page of New Republic right now. I'm going to go ahead and say I approve. Okay. I definitely- it's the Republic. We. We don't deserve, but the Republic did. We want. How, how does that go? I uh, yeah, I don't know. That was the Batman thing. Yeah, uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Um. Well, so anyways, basically, in this story, it describes uh, how a telecommunications company, Frontier Communications, has had their workers. Well, their workers have been uh, on a strike for twenty days in the West Virginia and regular Virginia, uh-huh. with uh, very familiar Virginia grievances. Classic. Yeah, yeah, Virginia, W WV and VC. <laughs> um, essentially, workers wanted uh, protections from layoffs, better healthcare, return of returning the what well, they currently have, I guess, contracted work to uh, the bargaining unit. They have a union, the Communications Workers of America, and the company. Frontier, has brought in replacement workers instead of even yes. trying to bring uh, or, or, or meet the unionized workers, you know, on some common point, they brought in replacement workers and they hired the Pinkertons. When was this? How recently? Uh, the story is written as of March 23rd 2018 jesus fuck uh, frontiers accusing um well not accusing they're alleging that some of its cables have been cut with an axe or shot with a shotgun fuck yeah dude like here's the thing cut with an axe or shot with a shotgun is very different <laughs> yeah those two things look different very different
1: scene but still fuck oh, yeah if fuck they yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't mean, want i yeah. don't want
0: they're also saying that the striking workers have uh, been driving around the work sites recklessly. So It's probably like some dude, fucking Bob got drunk again, <laughs> just whipping donuts in the parking lot. Take my job, will ya? Yeah, dude, that's badass. <laughs> fucking just again, keep fuck drinking, yeah. just tossing it out the window. I could see it. Um... Yeah, the, the AP reported on Tuesday uh, that Frontier is, uh, has offered a reward of 10 Gs for information about the identity of the Vandals. They also took out a temporary injunction. They say they need it to keep the strike peaceful. Uh, in the story is their... like
1: a year old, but if, if this podcast is reaching the ears of anybody who knows who did that, don't be a fucking rat. Don't narc out on oh, someone for ten grand. Ten grand is not that much money. Dude, you
0: won't even get ten grand after you pay taxes on it, and after they throw you through the ringer. No, oh, they'll. I mean, they'll. They'll do whatever they can to not ever to not pay you that. And even if they did pay you that,
1: it's like a fucking. It's like dude, flicking a you uh, dying. Dude, by the like, time
0: you get your ten Gs, you're gonna have to move out of your house, say bye to everyone you ever knew, and also snitches get stitches. I'm yeah. just saying. Yep. And and. And they Your it. friends are over there looking for better health care coverage? Bro, that means you probably don't have better health care coverage. Yeah, and coverage somebody either. in
1: that union has either an axe or a shotgun and is not afraid to use it.
0: Yeah, so 10 G's, that shit don't go a long way. Yeah. It won't get you through college. Yeah, you so. can't plug a shotgun wound with, with 10 G's. <laughs> no, 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 you cannot. Well, that depends. I mean, if you're the dude from uh, No Country for Old Men or, uh, or uh, Denzel Washington from The Equalizer, although. Oh, no, the best shotgun wound plug mm. is fucking Bruce Willis in Die Hard gets a shotgun right here in the abs. And there's a scene where he's taking it out of his fucking stomach and then gets up and is just running around. And it's like the shotgun shell doesn't even like shatter. It's like I was a kid. Yeah, I, I didn't know what a shotgun shell actually looks like. But had yeah, a whole fucking shotgun shell. Right well, it could have been a slug. I mean, it could have been I, like I said not familiar but uh but yeah so basically in their legal complaint frontiers legal complaint there was news that the company was employing pinkerton consulting and investigations for security services now if i'm not mistaken pinkerton consulting investigation is the um wing that the PDA Pinkerton uh, Detective Agency became once they merged with Securitas mm-hmm. AB uh, Swedish company, and the uh, Pinkertons claimed that uh, the striking workers had abused them, according to the West oh Virginia Gazette-Mail. Well, strike—I mean, Pinkertons are known to have been abused <laughs> by union workers, as <laughs> uh, the story we just talked about. Yeah, uh, brings to light. So you know, I'm not surprised that they would. Uh, I mean. They are the biggest chicken shits, I swear. Like, in all the shit I
1: read about the follow-up, like, the investigation and reporting on um, on that strike, the Pinkertons were always just like, Oh my god, they shot at us first. They were throwing rocks at us. And they were spitting on us. And it was not very nice. And it's like, dude, dude you guys
0: are supposed to be, like, better than cops. When, when looking at the facts, the... Only threat of violence was committed by a scab, aka a worker brought in to replace union workers mm. when he pulled out a gun to intimidate strikers.
1: Oh my god. Of course that fucking <laughs> classic scab behavior too. It's like way to be a wage cuck and then be a dick about it.
0: <laughs> oh dude.
1: <coughs> to like go in to go in and selfishly or to self-righteously, like, exert force over someone to be like, yeah, and I will get paid less than you, and I'm going to be fucking happy about it. You should respect your boss, bruh. <laughs> it's like, fuck you. <laughs> like, that's not... You're not cool. You're not a cowboy. You're not rebellious. You're the definition of a
0: wage cock. That's what that is. Dude, basically. Anyway. Um, yeah, so the... Article then talks about the Pinkertons, some of the history we went over. They add uh, – we, we didn't go over the bloody massacre in Ludlow, Colorado, uh, the miners in Ludlow, Colorado. I wanted to share a happy story for once. Yeah, yeah. I think we should probably leave it. With, I mean, I, I, I read that, and there's there's some bits, actually, that would probably warrant uh, a podcast episode in of itself. That's kind of why I decided to not really even – Look into Ludlow too much just because like there's so much there to unpack. yeah uh, you know for the purposes of this podcast, I mean people got massacred because they were minors that didn't want to you know die of black lung. Go figure. yeah, you know like but what do I know on <laughs> <laughs> um, since we're now on uh, on lighter topics around the Pinkertons, uh, I do like that in 1907 there was a book called The Pinkerton Labor Spy, alternatively titled The Pinkerton's Labor Spy. It's a nonfiction book published in 1907. It's an expose of intrigue and abuses by the Pinkerton Detective (laughs) Agency in general uh, and focusing on the chief agent, James McParland. Uh, He's the one that infiltrated uh, our pals, Maggie's.
1: It's weird that there's so many that if you give an institution... Power over people, the kind of power that involves like the threat of violence, and that power is backed by just people that have the most money. It's weird that that becomes unethical pretty quickly. It's weird how that happens. Like it's just they always seem to stumble into some kind of atrocity
0: or some shit. Dude, I mean, it seems to be it seems to be the way to do it, Um, and I don't know if it's like you know, is it greed? Is it, you know, the thirst for power that that one develops once you get a little bit? I don't know. It's never, it's never tickled my fancy. I, yeah, I think that uh, a lot of what
1: it has to do is like, first off, the fact that, I mean, just the, they're not, they're not committing any of these acts based on a moral imperative. It's based off of a financial imperative. So that in in and of itself is fucked up just on an organizational level. Yeah. And then on an individual level with everyone, every individual Pinkerton, it's like, it's the whole, like when you have a hammer, everything looks like a nail. It's like when you have a fucking gun that you can put in people's faces, if they don't comply
0: with you, everything looks like something you should shoot. Basically, you know, basically, um, but I think it's only fair that we look at the Pinkerton, the Pinkertons' own website, <laughs> uh, for the history as they describe it.
1: Yeah, I did see um, with regard to the fact that they recently sued Rockstar. Mm-hmm. Um, their, their statement: This is another just whiny ass Pinkertons. Their statement was. Um, we're tired of being portrayed as the bad guys. It's like then stop
0: being the well, bad okay, guys okay. Stop working for the bad guys. In in their defense, so what? Okay, stop so working you're, against the abolition of slavery in Cuba. You're you're not the bad guy. You just work for the bad guy. That that's like if the dudes that like shot political prisoners for Saddam Hussein were like. I mean, guys, like I know we dug the graves, we shot them in the back of their heads, but like we're just it's people, not man. Us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or like the Nazis that, like. So I, I just finished that book I was telling you about with the with the two guys that killed um, the third in command in Nazi Germany, like oh, okay. the protector yeah. of Prague. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, and yeah, there's this one stretch where so after he gets shot. Right, he's on his deathbed. They uh, they send out, they they send out this message to basically, you know, find out who it is, and they find this random letter that they think is from a guy that was responsible mm-hmm. to uh, a girl in a nearby village. And literally overnight, they just send a fucking squad of tanks and shit and just raise the entire village to the ground, like literally just fucking. <laughs> Strip mall. Jesus. Fucking just flatten everything out. Kill everyone. And it's like, I don't care that you were following orders. Yeah. Like, there there was people all around Europe, including Germany, who weren't for Nazis. Right. Sure, they are the first ones out, died. But, you know, when you have a choice, you have a choice.
1: Yeah. Yeah, seriously. And if you are... If you're in a situation where, like, you're the guy if it feels the bad tank over people, then you're in the wrong. It doesn't matter if you were following orders, dude. Like, seriously, yeah. 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 yeah it doesn't. It doesn't. If it looks
0: bad, wrong. if it smells bad, if it tastes bad, you think it's bad. Your friends think it's bad. It's probably bad. Yeah. It's probably bad. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so. Our difference. Forward slash forward slash history. Pinkerton.com. The ever watchful eye logo watching you scroll the page. The Pinkerton Friends. Pinkerton is a trusted partner leading the risk management and security industry for over 165 years. Throughout our history, we've served as guardians and protectors of organizations around the world. Because, you know, America is the world. Why not? <laughs> well, they've
1: done it around the world. They remember they well smashed that insurrection in Cuba. that just yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, fair point fair point right right sorry yeah you're I stand corrected yeah. Do you have slaves that you don't want to give up? Do you have indentured servants that you don't want to give up? Do you have people in effectively wage slavery? Or, Do you
0: or, want to go back to the way things were? <laughs>
1: Are all of your employees on food stamps so that the government can subsidize the wages that you should be paying your employees? Call us. We'll beat the shit out of your employees until they, they'll
0: they be begging you to work for sub-minimum wage. Yeah, yeah. They'll scream and shout with joy to go back and live under your roof for your protections and shelter.
1: <laughs> uh,
0: defining new industry standards like we were just talking about. For risk and security management and consistently revolutionizing our industry. Mm-hmm. From our roots, serving as an, intelli- as an intelligence agency during the Civil War, Pinkerton has continued to build an impressive track record. Establishing the first criminal database, being the first company to hire a female detective And being a forerunner for the Secret Service. That's
1: so... Discover
0: how Pinkerton has played a historic role in the risk management industry.
1: Hashtag
0: Yas Queen.
1: (laughs) For over... (laughs) Yas Queen! Yas! Yas! Get that money, girl! For over a century... Fucking girl power. Fucking smash the proletariat with that girl power. Put your girl boot <laughs> on the face of any fucking underclass. You go, girl. You keep that slavery mm. going in Cuba.
0: Sorry. <laughs> By following our company and our accomplishment through the years in the timeline below. 1842. Alan Pinkerton. The second Alan. Because the first one died emigrates literally like it's the, the first one's name is alan with an l and this one is just literally two l's oh man dude it's fucking rough that's funny dude what if it's
1: two capital i's well it's like they're doing alan the second but it, it's like a clever movie. oh i see i see yeah yeah, yeah. The
0: title I mean, yeah, okay. yeah. yeah. Two just class, like as a, two as, as a gap, you know? Yeah, yeah.
1: It's, it's two Allen, to Pinkerton. <laughs> yeah. Well,
0: 1842, Allen Pinkerton immigrates to the U.S., settles near Chicago, and goes to work making bear. <laughs> 1847, Allen Pinkerton joins the Chicago Police Department. Because Isn't that the same people that fucking Al Capone shot up cause he fucking tripped over his own dick into trying thing. to fucking rob someone else of their land to make better barrels yeah like dude, get out of here yeah I he
1: saw these guys in the woods and they were <laughs> making they were making fake money and this bad Teacher teacher come
0: here dude they probably robbed him for his lunch money like he was out there like <laughs> scoping out the island they were like looky here what do we got here they gave him a fucking wedgie and yeah they came back and he's like they
1: were mean to me and they were making the fake money and that's not allowed and then they were like okay
0: you can be hall monitor 1849 alan pinkerton is appointed as chicago's first police detective and then, so so they have, okay, this is what I love about their history. So they go 42, 47, 49, and then 1850s, like literally just lumped the entire fucking decade <laughs> into one line. He was just out and about, you know, this montage time. He's yeah,
1: yeah smoking right. smoking cigars, he's beating union activists, he's, you know, drinking scotch, he's you know, basically maintaining
0: the status quo. The first Pinkerton office opens at 80 Washington street, Chicago, Illinois. Pinkerton's national detective agency is formed and with it, the birth of a noble profession. <laughs> 1853 Pinkerton detective agency works with law enforcement to arrest criminals anywhere in the country. And they got him on a fucking horse with some like tents behind him.
1: 18. 18, is there an 18 and over, like, warning before you go into this? Because it seems like this whole website is just masturbation.
0: Oh, dude. It's like, just they people have just
1: straight dick riding. They should have literally, instead of putting all of this, they should have just had, like, one of those videos that's basically, it's like, you know, an hour of video that's looped pretty well. So it extends out to, like, 14 hours of mm-hmm. just a Pinkerton just jerking himself off into his own
0: mouth. Check it out. It, it yeah. continues. 1855. Pinkerton specializes in protecting railroad shipments for several Midwestern railways. 1856. Kate Warney. Warn? with an E? It's hired by Pinkerton, becoming the first female detective in the yes, US. Queen. Dude, they just needed someone to like go to a fancy dinner party. No, dude, it was totally girl power
1: it wasn't... No, no, no. Like, power to her. I'm not saying that, but it's... No, I'm saying that sarcastically. It's mm. Sure, I mean, like, women should be represented in every role, but cops, and especially private cops, shouldn't fucking exist. So, I don't give a shit if you're... Like, I, I guess... It's I mean, it stupid. reads as a
0: cool D&D story.
1: Right. It's like... I mean, they're, it's them just trying to be like, oh, look how progressive we are. We hired... Jackbooted Nazi women. It's like it's not. I, I'm I'm yeah. using that as a as like hyperbole, but it's 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 not that different. It's like yeah. oh, the, we had a lady Gestapo. It was
0: a female stormtrooper.
1: We were so woke. Yeah, look at us. Like we got a, we got a lady. Listen, we
0: need someone to seduce this disgusting, gross dude. That's probably honestly that's probably what it was,
1: and if that's the case, then it's. Then it's still fucking sexist. You yeah, hired yeah, a woman yeah. probably
0: to fucking fuck somebody.
1: Yeah, like, like almost undoubtedly that's what
0: they did back then. Probably, um, 1861 oh, to 1865 during the Civil War. Pinkerton serves as head of the Union Intelligence Service, the forerunner of the U.S. Secret Service. Alan Pinkerton recruits the first African American Union intelligence agent. Oh my God. John Scobell again. Whoa. Back to 1861. In the hour of peril, Pinkerton uncovers and foils an assassination plot on the life of Abraham Lincoln, directing him safely through the ranks of treason to his first inauguration. Okay. Uh, um, okay. You know, it's you cool. Can, you can have that one. 1866. The first recorded train robbery takes place, and the Pinkerton Agency is called to locate and arrest the Culprits. But Wait, weren't you, like... Doing shit in, like, the 50s. Yeah.
1: And do they go into the, uh, the, what's it, Jesse James shit?
0: Oh, yeah, right they, here. Didn't they try to capture ja-
1: Jesse James and not?
0: Yeah, no, because one of his boys fucking turned on Jesse Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's next. 1870. Alan Pinkerton and his agents become legendary during their relentless pursuit of Jesse James, the younger gang. The Dalton Brothers and Butch Cassidy's Wild Bunch. The Pinkerton Agency begins the practice of clipping and filling newspaper articles, filing newspaper articles for reference and investigation. Wow. Pinkerton's dude. collection of no, mugshots no and methodology develops the first criminal database. Uh, I, I mean, guess. someone had to do it first. Yeah. You know, that that's the thing, like 1871. Pinkerton guards are hired to prevent looting after the Great Fire in Chicago. Like, dude, all all that shit speaks to me is, basically, we had all these states, cities, and, you know, municipalities, whatever, that just weren't well-equipped to handle the, like, bad shit that happened in the population. Yeah. Right? Because for the sake of their own fucking, like, we were talking about... How the fire departments at one point would just let your ship burn down if you didn't pay. Right. Or, like, the police just wouldn't show up if you didn't pay.
1: Yeah. I mean, this like, is what that is. This isn't... The Pinkertons aren't designed to protect people at all. Yeah. They're designed to protect stuff. Yeah. They're designed to protect... If you have a large stockpile of money or items, the Pinkertons will keep it safe sometimes.
0: Dude, it's like if the insurance agency just decided to just get... Like a little militia on the side, to yeah. Like, and you know, just post up a guard in front of your house, like, yeah.
1: You know, you which know, is exactly you're, what libertarians want, by the way. <laughs> really, I mean, they don't explicitly want that, but they don't realize that that's exactly what's going to happen if they if yeah. they dissolve well, the state and just relinquish all these,
0: all these like dystopian, utopian, like merry-go-round ways like it's going to be beautiful like people don't think through what some of their thoughts actually mean in practice yeah like like just ask yourself are you willing to do 100 percent of the time the thing that you want done and then consider that you have to sleep for eight hours of 24 right so by virtue of needing to sleep You can't be like the Pinkertons who never sleep. And thus, you're going to have to hire someone to do the shit that you want done 100% of the time. And there's always somebody with a lot more fucking fucking, money than you. Right. And they're not robots. And they're not, like, anyways. 1884, with the death of Alan Pinkerton, the agency is taken over by his two sons, Robert and William. Taking charge, just like their daddy taught Allegedly. 1890. Pinkerton's National Detective Agency has 2,000 active agents and 30,000 reserves, causing the state of Ohio to outlaw the agency due to the possibility of being hired out as a private army or militia. Same year, Pinkerton attack. This spans Butch Cassidy and the Wild Bunch.
1: What year are we in now?
0: Nineteen oh six.
1: Okay, so they just they kind of glossed
0: over that, dude. They just fucking bombed through all the important shit. Yeah, all the important shit. They don't talk about. They just glossed over all the union busting, the the whole fucking massacre in Colorado. Yeah, they didn't Uh, talk about. There there was another the something or other, coast of something or other. Yeah. Uh, like, a, basically another massacre.
1: And and oddly, they didn't mention the time that they got their fucking asses handed to them at the Homestead strike.
0: No, no. No, but in 1906, they have 20 offices throughout the U.S.
1: Wait, so, it, it, what was it, like 1890-something that they had 2,000?
0: Uh, active agents and 30,000
1: reserves. So, they probably had a lot less than that, like 10, 15 years before when the Homestead strike took place. Yeah. 20, 40 years before. Yeah. Um, but even even if they had, let's just give them, they had the same numbers. Let's say they had the same numbers as they did 50 years later they had 2,000 people. Mm-hmm. That would mean that this little fucking Union town captured 15% of their entire fucking force.
0: Yeah, and that's with numbers fifty years oh, yeah. after so. Yeah,
1: and it was probably closer to like ninety percent of their force at that time. They probably and sent everyone. It's probably a those, high profile case. Those union people, they could have just fucking ended the Pinkerton Detective Agency if they really
0: yeah, wanted because to. Because I, I feel like before that, uh, and and then I, I didn't read up fully on the Colorado massacre, but most of the shit that they were doing was just kind of espionage and like information gathering. Yeah. That they would report back on and then, like, just be, go be snitches in court. Yeah. Um, yeah, 1907, the same year that uh, James McParkland's stenographer writes a book about uh, everything that the Pinkertons did. Alan Pinkerton II, the grandson of the founder, inherits the agency. Uh, 1930, so see, like, huge fucking skips in time. Yeah. Robert Pinkerton II, the great grandson of Alan Pinkerton, leads the agency. Nineteen sixty, again, thirty years. Weird, ago.
1: man, you didn't it's, it's I bet they didn't do anything sketchy at all during the Depression.
0: Yeah, right? Or like the or like the World Wars. Yeah. Probably like probably sat on their asses. Like so let's see this play out. Corporate headquarters moved to downtown New York City, making a total of forty-five offices. Nineteen sixty eight. Pinkerton's armed agents are called upon to escort the priceless painting, Mona Lisa, painted by the Italian artist Leonardo da Vinci, safely across the Atlantic Ocean. Like, hey, fellas, you want a free boat cruise? (laughs) 1969, Pinkerton offices are established in Hong Kong, opening the door to operations throughout Asia.
1: This is an extremely
0: flowery history.
1: I mean, obviously, it's coming from them. So,
0: 1970, the trademark Pinkertons is registered on March 3rd, 1970. 1998, Pinkerton successfully evacuates 431 expatriates from Indonesia during the Asian, Asian currency crisis. 1999, Securitas AB, the largest security service provider in the world, acquires Pinkerton. Do you know how much they acquired him for? How much? I you the exact figure. It's like uh three hundred twenty three million. Damn. Which actually isn't even that much, but then you consider that it's one dude. Yeah. Uh one dude, and that was only thirty point six percent of the stake. The chairman, Thomas Wethead, W A T H E N, three hundred twenty three million in stock options. And then he fucking spent that money on like aviation clubs and philanthropy um, to build fucking model, model airplanes or some shit.
1: Shit. Uh, it was his name also Alan Pinkerton?
0: No, William? Oh, okay. It was Which, one. I mean, there is a William in that family, so. Oh, no, I was just going to make it a, a joke. Yeah. Because I
1: said two Alan, two Pinkerton. This
0: would be Alan Pinkerton, Tokyo drill. Yeah. Uh, No, let's just. Oh, Thomas. Mm. Thomas Watham. Oh, lame. Yeah, it's a. I mean, what I thought was really interesting for the fact that, you know, he sold the company for that much money in 99, like they had the internet in 99. Yeah. But there's literally nothing, again, on the first page of, of Google. uh, I'm not going to go to the second page. And and for the people listening, it's not that I don't want to do the research. I do. And I go past the second page. What I'm speaking about here is the absurdity of essentially information suppression when the first page literally has the same information spat out across 20 different sites and it's like a lot of tough pieces like oh it's, it's just, just bullshit it's fucking it's, it's it's just fluffed up shit for information that doesn't like it's nothing like it literally could go into a newsletter that you get in a pdf email you know that you subscribe to because you go to that yacht club right like i don't want that information yeah I, I don't need to know that what i need to know is who the fuck is this guy how did he come across percent of that company to then be able to sell it right like how do you go from all this rich family history to now all of a sudden after 1960 there's no mention of the pinkerton family name yeah all of a sudden somebody else owns it and then in 99 it's just like yeah i'm gonna sell it right and not that i care i mean, great like Capitalism for the win. Make your money. But what were you mm-hmm. doing in but for the, like, those thirty years? Yeah. Like <clears throat> yeah. you know, I would just like to know the information. Don't suppress it if you're so proud of your shit. Well, I mean, clearly they're not. That's why they have that's why they have
1: a site with presence with any, any kind of presence on it. It's like just damage control, really. Yeah. Um, they're just trying to like mitigate their brand. Oh right?
0: dude, like they then to talk about um, you know, how they basically because they're you know first in everything they do they introduced the pinkerton risk wheel in 2012 <laughs> representative of the company's new holistic approach to corporate risk management oh my god 2013 the leading innovator of corporate risk management solutions for national and international corporation pinkerton operates in over 100 countries and maintains a vast exclusive global network of reliable resources well, I'm glad they've got a corporate
1: risk wheel. That sounds like a pretty groundbreaking. And discovery. then they fucking moved
0: to Jersey in 2014. Oh, couldn't hack it in New York, eh? Or no, they moved from Jersey. Yeah, so they, there's no mention of when they moved from New York to New Jersey, but there's mention that they moved from Parsippany, New Jersey, to a new Parsippany. Parsippany. <laughs> Parsippany. Um, to a new 11,000 square foot global headquarters back to the Midwest in Ann Harbor, Michigan, going back to our roots. Yeah, and then 2015, risk index, you know, a whole bunch of firsts uh, from different 17 distinct sources. Like, yeah, you're using standard technology that people are using in 2015. Yeah, Pinkertons aren't crunched through through data. data. Like, get out of your fucking bridges, boy. And then you have, oh yeah, a new concept. Two thousand eighteen, they introduce a new concept called applied risk science. That sounds. All of this just sounds like fucking corporate bullshit
1: speak. That I mean, almost certainly come. I, they they are Securitas now. Yeah. They're just under
0: the Pinkerton name.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: which. Yeah. I um. I I also I looked up some uh, some random stories. Um. I think I'm. I have to make a practice looking through the Library of Congress shit a little a little more. Because, like, there's – I was reading this Swan story, and it was basically this guy that was a habitual gambler and uh, a drunk that kept going to the horse races, and he lost all his money and he got fucking super upset. And the Pinkertons happened to be guards at the uh, horse show. Mm-hmm. So they fucking asked him uh, and escorted him out and, like, I had to toss him out, and that was, like, one of the stories. <laughs> Better Damn. All right. Well, um, did you have anything else? In 96, they were in the news. Uh, this was on money.cnn.com. Uh, it was an article in corporate security, uh, where companies were worried about terrorism and then Pickertons came in to help and consult on that. Uh, that was on the 31st of July and then on the 21st of November, same year, workplace violence was on the rise and Pinkerton came to consult on that oh yeah they are an expert
1: experts <laughs> in workplace violence yeah specifically violence against members of the
0: workplace right all right well that's kind of right okay. so yeah I don't know it was uh, it was interesting yeah um, um, Pinkerton's overall
1: not good the, the Pinkerton the man overall also not good he started off on the right foot but then he just immediately fucking turned the back on uh, turned his back on all the issues that he cared about
0: like i wonder if you know they made it to america and then just like started seeing stars in their eyes and were just like one of the bigger and finer things and once they saw that they could just get money um because you know I, I get it like if you're out here making barrels and like you know, trying to inch out a meager existence and, you know, you finally fucking made it out of gore balls and your mom is there with you and she's probably like, Susie down the street's got the new toaster or the refrigerator. I don't know if they have. I mean, yeah, no, I don't think that's a good,
1: I mean, if you're, if you're not going to accept the just following orders excuse, I'm not going to accept the
0: new toaster excuse. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah. Well, I mean, I was trying to be ridiculous. (laughs) No, I know, but. But, yeah, yeah no, that's, that's a fair point also. Um, like, I just thought, well, yeah, I wasn't even trying. Because, <laughs> you know, do I understand it from the standpoint of an individual taking actions? Because, you know, he's got a family and now you have a, a, a means. And it's like,
1: you he know, had for- a means,
0: though. There was no indication that that barrel
1: making was was like, barrel oh, making yeah. doesn't sound very uh, glamorous, but, but he they weren't poor by any stretch. Yeah, but they yeah people needed barrels back then.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Someone to make. I mean, it's not like he was broke.
0: Right. They were. They were, he was making good money. Like and, and I'm sure, uh, because he was able to do him for cheaper. Like they were saying, cheaper and better. Mm-hmm. He should have just stuck the barrels, dude. He could have changed the world with barrels. Dude, Instead, could he you imagine? I'm a fucking cop. Could you imagine how great the containers for our booze could have been okay. if he just stuck true to scottish roots would have been amazing S- all right speaking of that i do want to um there's a canadian I'll, I'll throw up the link somewhere but um, it's a podcast and uh on, on a lot of different i'll send you the one i recently listened to it's this uh woman out of turkey she's a Keeps, you know, something in politics is kind of important in the world stage. But uh, she talks about the rise of, um, you know, nationalism and all that and and like kind of what that means and where it's going. Yeah. Uh, but this uh, podcast in 1990, but it was uh it was an episode on whiskey, Scottish whiskey. And it's literally like three people just talking about how great it is to drink whiskey and um this one dude's describing like because the the interviewer asks you know have you ever considered leaving Scotland and like doing whiskey somewhere else and he's like there's nothing better than waking up early morning Scotland and just walk out to the sea and enjoy uh, a great glass of whatever he was drinking. Mm -hmm. While staring at the beautiful chaos that is, you know, like a storm on the ocean, whatever, yeah, just like sipping scotch, and I was like, dude, these people know how to enjoy life.
1: Yeah, Yeah. man, scotch is good shit too. All right, yeah, let's call it a podcast. uh (laughs) (laughs) sure. All right,
0: goodbye. Say again.